It's Monday, June 17, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. This is our weekly Monday Bible study and call to prayer. Today we are continuing our study on the book of Acts, and we are joined by David Wooten, our Florida State Director. David will walk us through Acts chapter 20, verses 13 through 38. As we are studying through the book of Acts, we come to a section now here in chapter 20 where Paul begins to make his journey to Jerusalem. He knows that in Jerusalem he will face trial and very well could be sentenced to death. On his way to Jerusalem, he stops for one last visit with the elders of the church at Ephesus. Paul had spent three years, probably A.D. 53, 54, 55, in Ephesus, pouring into these elders and this church and had become very fond of them and wanted to say one final farewell before he left them. The passage we're going to read today is rather lengthy, and so I want you, as we read this passage, to just kind of picture yourself as being there, as being one of these elders of the Ephesian church. This is the last time you will see the dear, beloved Apostle Paul face to face. These are his final words to you, the last opportunity you'll have to speak with him, to encourage him on his way to Jerusalem. So just kind of picture yourself as being there among this group in this passage that we read today. Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse 13. Then we went on ahead to the ship and sailed for Assos, intending to take Paul on board there, for these were his instructions, since he himself was going by land. When he met us at Assos, he, we took him on board and came to Mytilene. Sailing from there the next day, we arrived off Chios. The following day, we crossed over to Samos, and the day after, we came to Miletus. For Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so he would not have to spend time in Asia because he was hurrying to be in Jerusalem, if possible, for the day of Pentecost. Now from Miletus he sent to, the, to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they came to him, he said to them, You know, from the first day I set foot in Asia, how I was with you the whole time serving the Lord with all humility, with tears, and with the trials that came to me through the plots of the Jews, and that I did not shrink back from proclaiming to you anything that was profitable, or from teaching it to you in public and from house to house. I testified to both Jews and Greeks about repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus. And now I am on my way to Jerusalem, bound in my spirit, not knowing what I will encounter there, except that in town after town the Holy Spirit testifies to me that chains and afflictions are waiting for me. But I count my life of no value to myself, so that I may finish my course and the ministry I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. 
And now I know that none of you will ever see my face again, everyone I went about preaching the kingdom to. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of everyone's blood, for I did not shrink back from declaring to you the whole plan of God. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock that the Holy Spirit has appointed you to as overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And men will rise up from your own number with deviant doctrines to lure the disciples into following them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for three years I did not stop warning each one of you with tears. And now I commit you to God and to the message of his grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands have provided for my needs and for those who were with me. In every way I have shown you that by laboring like this, it is necessary to help the weak, to keep in mind the words of the Lord Jesus. For he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. After he said this, he knelt down and prayed with all of them. There was a great deal of weeping by everyone. They embraced Paul and kissed him, grieving most of all over his statement that they would never see his face again. Then they escorted him to the ship. This is a very emotional passage, this farewell address of the Apostle Paul to the elders at the church of Ephesus that he had come to love so much. Several things I would draw out from this passage for our observation today. One is that Paul had a pastor's heart. Notice that he says, I was with you from the first day. I was with you. I did life with you. We did life together. We saw victories. We saw joys. We saw discouragements. We saw defeats. We saw opposition. We married people. We buried people. We just did life together. And I was with you. I had a pastor's heart to be with you and to do life with you. He says, I served you with humility. I served you with tears. I served you in trials. And I did not shrink back from proclaiming to you anything that was profitable. Paul had a pastor's heart that poured into and invested in the lives of these elders and to the congregation of the church at Ephesus. I want you to see, though, not only did he have a pastor's heart, he had a martyr's mentality or a martyr's mindset. He said that he was going to Jerusalem and he knew because the Holy Spirit had shown him that chains and afflictions were waiting for him there. And so another thing that he says in this passage that I think is interesting is he doesn't talk about his legacy. This is how I want to be remembered. A lot of times leaders will think about their legacy, oftentimes at the towards the end of a president's administration in the United States, uh, reporters will ask, how do you want to, history to record you? How do you want history to remember you? What do you think your legacy will be? If somebody had asked the Apostle Paul that question, this is what he would have said. Verse 24, I count my life of no value to myself so that I may finish my course and the ministry I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. In other words, Paul's saying, I don't want you to remember me. I don't want to leave here and you all think, oh, what a great guy the Apostle Paul was. What a spiritual giant. What a great hero. 
No, I want you to think, what a great Savior. What a great gospel. That's the legacy I want to, to leave with you, that you would boast in Christ. Not that you knew me or not that we had this relationship, but that you know Christ and you have a relationship with him. He has not only a pastor's heart, he has a martyr's mindset. He also has the mouth of an evangelist. He talks about letting the word of God do its work. Now I commit to you, uh, commit you to God and to the message of his grace, that is the gospel. It's able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all who are sanctified. I trust the gospel to have the power to transform your lives and the lives of those with whom you will share it, he's saying. I'm not a hireling. I didn't do this for money. I didn't do it for silver or gold or clothes. Uh, I did it for the sake of those who need to come to Christ. Not only did I proclaim the gospel, but I was also involved in mercy ministry where I cared for the weak, or some of your Bibles say I cared for the poor, and we need to tie mercy ministry to our gospel proclamation. Finally, I want you to see not only did he have a pastor's heart and a martyr's mentality and an evangelist's mouth, he also had a friend's embrace. Listen to these closing verses of our passage. After he said this, he knelt down and prayed with all of them. There was a great deal of weeping by everyone. They embraced Paul and kissed him, grieving most of all over his statement that they would never see his face again, and then they escorted him from the ship. These folks really cared for him. He really cared for them. He prayed for them one last time, shepherding them to the very end. They said their goodbyes. He walked the gangplank of the ship, boarded, and the ship began to sail away. They stood on the shore there at Miletus and watched that ship sail away. Uh, it gives me the idea of the disciples watching Jesus ascend into heaven. And he goes up and up and up and they continue to watch. They're watching him until he disappears into the sky. Until finally an angel says, why are you still looking? This same Jesus who has departed from you is going to come again in like manner. I can see these Ephesian elders standing on the shore watching, watching, watching as that ship sails away with gratitude in their hearts for this beloved brother and sadness that this is the last time they'll see him on this planet. This is a sweet, rich, emotional passage that we come to here in Acts chapter 20. And I think we can learn from Paul's pastor's heart, his martyr's mentality, his evangelist mouth, and his friend's embrace. Well, thanks, David. And this week, we are praying for the country of Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan has 6 million people and 88% of the people practice Islam. Pray for the Kyrg church that they would be strengthened and that the gospel would multiply throughout the country. We pray for leaders to rise up in this country that will assist in the furtherance of the gospel as well as better care for vulnerable children. We've completed five adoptions from Kyrgyzstan and two more in the process of completing their adoption. Please pray that more families would feel called to adopt children five years and older from the country of Kyrgyzstan. We pray for these two active families families, that the Lord would give them strength and perseverance. We pray for doors to open within our unadopted ministry. We are waiting for a partnership to open up with some of the orphanages and a baby home. We pray that the ministry will continue to find favor with our paperwork and that they will work hard and make it a priority to get children ready for referrals. We pray for Jalene as he will continue to build strong relationships with the ministry and with orphanage directors, doctors, etc. We pray that he will continue to find favor as he upholds strong and ethical standards. We pray that God would lead us to orphanages, churches, and individuals that we can partner with. And we praise the Lord for our team members on the ground, for Sasha and Jalene and the work that they do to serve our families. And we praise the Lord for our Lifeline team 
here in Birmingham for uh, Josh and Jana and Brianna and Toria as they work to say on the state side to serve uh, families. And we just continue to pray that Jalene would hear the gospel from our families, that he would understand what it means, and we pray that he would find salvation in no other name but the name of the Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Father, first and foremost, we do pray for Jalene, our our facilitator on the ground in Kyrgyzstan, that he would come to see and know and experience the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would woo him uh, with the gospel, that you would reach out to him in a special way and show him your great love, and that he would surrender the, the lordship of his life to you, and that he would come to understand what it means to have you as Savior and Lord. Lord, we just also pray for the six million people that are in Kyrgyzstan and uh, for the, the strong root that Islam has over the country. We just pray that churches would be strong strengthen and that the gospel would multiply throughout the country. We pray that leaders would rise up, that, that would lead out and make the gospel known. And we also pray that the church and that others would care more wholly for vulnerable children. Lord, we pray for the families that have come home from Kyrgyzstan, that you would strengthen them, that you would give them uh, wisdom each and every day as they walk throughout their process. And we also pray for the active families, that you would continue to, to walk with them and give them courage and patience and wisdom. And Lord, we just ask that the ministry would continue to find favor with our paperwork, that they would continue to see our commitment to ethics and our commitment to doing things the right way. And Lord, we just ask that uh, you would just continue to bring about opportunities for us to care for orphans and vulnerable children in the country of Kyrgyzstan. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we ask all these things in your awesome name, the name of Jesus. Well, thanks for listening to Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at LifelineChild.org. Beloved, would you allow God to use the gospel to you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast.